creativelyanddeliberately.com, a podcast where we will discuss how to creatively and deliberately make choices that give life meaning. This is Danette Hansen. Thanks for joining me with episode 18. So in my home, I have a term that I use that expresses how important it is for me to be informed. I say, I want to be in the know. So being in the know means I know when my husband has a meeting or anything else on his schedule, as well as my kids. That way I can plan for them and have them on my radar. What does it feel like for you when you know things versus when you don't know things? For me, I have to plan for things mentally. It makes me feel grounded. Is anyone else like this? Now, I want to talk about a different kind of being in the know, the kind of know that comes from making important decisions. First, let's talk about our natural preferences. Personality tests can help point out our instinctive preferences and reveal a lot about you that you didn't really consider. Isabel Briggs Myers said, it's up to each person to recognize his or her true preferences. The insights that a well-tested personality test can provide is invaluable, like the Meyer-Briggs test. Now, my favorite one is the color code by Dr. Hartman, but I'll talk about that test another day. In this episode, I want to go into our natural preferences that show how we make decisions. It's the how of getting into the know. Listen to see which one of these you might be known for. Within the four Meyer-Briggs categories, there is an area where they address decision-making. Both sides of the spectrum are considered. There's the impersonable thinkers who put more weight on the facts and logic to make decisions than how it affects others. After analyzing the pros and cons and noting any inconsistencies, these task-oriented thinkers come to a conclusion that reflects the truth and the fairness of the situation. They don't let others' emotions influence the decision because it's all about logical explanations. This helps in avoiding any biases, including the individual emotion to then cloud the decision. It's about using the head and not the heart. Truth comes before tact. Then there's the sensitive feelers. Now don't confuse this feeling category with emotion because everyone brings some emotion into the decisions they make. That's what makes us human. Rather, the fillers are more concerned with tact and harmony than the cold hard truth about the facts of the situation or the circumstance. Communication and people-oriented, the fillers bring heart and compassion into everything they do, while also relying on ethics and values that will affect the decision and the outcome for everyone involved. Fillers are caring and warm. However, they can come off as idealistic, mushy, or indirect. Just like the thinkers can be seen as too task-oriented, uncaring, and indifferent. So they each have their strengths and weaknesses. You can see how both of these preferences are displayed in our most recent government shutdown debate. So you, weigh out what your natural preference is. Do you put more weight on objective principles or more weight on personal concerns and the people involved? Once you realize what your natural tendency is, a thinker or a filler, then the best method is to learn to test out the decisions you're making by using the other preference so that your decision is more balanced. This is called critical thinking. Don't let the word thinking here confuse you. 
This method is combining the two categories I just described. I'll break it down for you. Critical comes from the word critic or to critique, which implies using our intellectual capacity to discern what is best. In order to come to this proper way of judging, we must use both facts and observations in with reflections and communication. Both sides of the spectrum are necessary here to obtain the broadest picture. That's why I love that we generally marry our opposites or how our friends and family's opposite point of view prompts us to weigh out both sides of the coin. However, this can only happen if we are open-minded. The logical side and the personal side must work together in a coherent way. There's been many times in life when I've turned to someone I know who will agree with me just to make me feel better or to help me feel validated in the decisions I'm wanting to make. But over the years, I've learned that when it comes to making important decisions, it's vital to be well-rounded and not just one-sided. Hearing a point of view we might not want to hear actually helps us in the long run in making the correct decision, as long as we aren't defensive and closed off. Now, I'm not saying take tons more time in making decisions, but what I am saying is to explore the side of making decisions that you might naturally discount. Contemporary critical thinking includes subjective concepts and processes such as creativity, imagination, discovery, reflection, empathy, as well as objective analyzing the facts and truth of any situation. To critically think, you must first identify the problem and analyze what decision needs to be made by considering all the factors. Decisions in our personal life, like our health, our learning, our self-esteem, or things in our spiritual life and our life focus, or in our relationship life and family life, or even in our professional and financial lives. When you make a decision and you analyze everything that is entailed in the problem, You then have to do your research. I don't know why this part is so easy to skip. We tend to avoid putting in our own time by researching what our decisions really entail, such as in our health. When I was in college, I had to have a few female surgeries, including a uterine suspension. Nothing like disclosing full details, right? That's to show you how important the decision really was. I just trusted this only small town GYN doctor without looking into anything on my own. What a disservice I did to myself. When I had another surgery a few years later, a city doctor told me that I should have gotten a second opinion before doing the uterine suspension because that surgery could have destroyed my fallopian tubes, therefore ruining my chance of ever having children, which would have been devastating. He admonished me to be personably responsible for my own health. He said that particular surgery had not been done in over 30 years because of that one big risk. One thing I have noticed is how easy it is to let others dictate the solutions to your own health. A lot of times we aren't even in tune with our own bodies to come to our own conclusions as to whether their suggestions will help or not. I know I've fallen into this trap of wanting someone else to tell me the solutions to my problems without me even researching it out. I need to be aware of my own personal identity and not act as if I don't even know who I am or what I'm feeling or what I'm even about. 
fact. Yes, to some extent, we do have built-in blind spots, but we know more about ourselves than we give ourselves credit. I love the part in The Wizard of Oz when Dorothy is told by Wanda, the, the good witch, that she always had the power inside. I want to echo that we always have the power to know for ourselves deep inside of what is right. But we have to uncover that power of discernment by being in tune with ourselves physically and spiritually. That's why prayer and meditation, or should I say pondering, are so vital. We owe it to ourselves to do the research needed to pay attention to whether the things suggested resonate with us or not. This is true for deciding who we spend our time with, or what we do with our time, what profession we get into, or how we feel about God. It's so easy to let others do the thinking for us. And when we do so, we are the ones who suffer, suffer with insecurity and uncertainty. The way to avoid this personal suffering is by putting in the discovery work for ourselves, by knowing our preferences, our weaknesses, and then owning what we find. This then will lead us to identifying our biases. We must identify our biases so that we are not making lopsided decisions. Logical reasoning comes from using both our minds and and our hearts. In our critical thinking, we then have got interference. This is when we second guess and question what we already know or how we let others' wishes take over. This might also be where fear trumps the decision. In a more professional setting, interference will look different, but it's there and it needs to be considered. Then there's determining the relevance, which will help in using reflective judgment about what to believe or what to do in the face of the problem or in the face of making a decision. Impersonal observations, experience, and opposing arguments will come into the picture here. So if you have others disagree with you, you must weigh out who is coming from a neutral, non-biased place and isn't trying to influence you for a specific outcome that is in their best interest and not yours. You're to be included in this delicate consideration because at times, your personal thoughts and opinions might skew the results. Our will can override practical judgment. Critical thinking involves determining the meaning and the significance of what is being observed or expressed, and then determining whether to accept the conclusion as true. We can learn to ask, is this true? In doing this, we need to not forget the invaluable knowledge that comes from turning to the ultimate source of truth, and that is by turning to God and seeking His advice. He always has your best interest in mind. I love this explanation of truth. It's the knowledge of things as they are, as they were, and as they are to come. Whatever is more or less than this is a lie. This strips away the deceptions that can come from personal philosophies that are formed in incorrect principles. It's important not to forget that man is limited in their knowledge, but God is not. So don't cut him out of the picture. In making decisions. The biggest step in being critical is by being curious. Curious enough to find that right solution to your problems, or curious enough to do the work needed to come to the best decision. Let me list off critical thinking steps again. Identify the problem, research solutions, identify our biases, watch out for interferences that you either bring to the table or others do. 
Determine all relevance because opposition does exist. Be curious and open-minded. At times, the only way that you come to the best decision is by discovering the wrong decision. Jeffrey R. Holland describes of a time when he took his son to a certain area in the mountains where he had visited as a child. It's easy to want to share our fond childhood memories with our own children. After a full day of exploring, they headed back home, but ran into a fork in the road that Elder Holland didn't recognize. Because it was getting dark, they decided to pray for help in knowing which way to go. They both felt strongly that turning to the right was the correct answer, but that led to a dead end. They traveled a good distance down the wrong road. They had to turn around and return to the fork so that they could get to the left side of the road. The son questioned as to why they had felt the right side of the fork was where God had instructed them to go. Elder Holland said, probably from a lifetime filled with experience, by going down that wrong road came clarity and assurance that this isn't the right direction. There is a certain confidence that comes from knowing you don't want that road. When you've traveled on the wrong road, there isn't a doubt that the direction isn't right. You can then correct and go forward with equal certainty that you are now on the right track. None of your experiences on the wrong road is wasted. Think of the conviction that comes from knowing you don't want to be down that previous road you had taken. In life, there are times that we will be involved in a process of elimination. There is nothing wrong with this way of discovering answers, as long as you don't let it make you want to jump ship or give up. We have hearts and minds for the specific reason to unveil truth. However, unveiling truth requires you to travel down the road of life willing to put in the effort to learn and grow, even if that means going down the wrong road. Occasionally, we are responsible for our own learning. Let's not neglect this personal responsibility. Thanks for joining me, creativelyanddeliberately.com.